Hello everyone, Amazon, and this is Mom's Guide Talk for Friday, 6th of October, 2023. In this week's episode, we've got plenty of things to talk about, really. The Pixel 8 series has finally dropped. Google's released their flagship smartphone uh, for 2023, the Pixel 8 series, the 8 and the 8 Pro. Plus, we're going to talk about Galaxy's S23 FE, and so now this whole family of FE devices, including the Galaxy Tab S9 FE and the Galaxy Buds FE. And hint, it's not... Uh, FE does not stand for Fan Edition anymore. Uh, also, we got uh, more details about the OnePlus Open. And yeah, uh, without further ado, let's get rolling, shall we? So last week I was supposed to drop a new episode, but uh, I fell sick. I got I caught the f- I caught the cold. I had a dry throat, so I couldn't record my podcast. So uh, so I've kind of you could say I've kind of technically missed out on a fair bit of TechTober, the MetaQuest uh, Three that finally came out which we kind of knew a fair, fair bit of details about uh, months earlier, the Xiaomi 13T and much, much more. Uh, but I th- we'll probably cover it uh, next week or two. Uh, so yeah, do look out for that. But yeah, first up is the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. Um, it is Google's latest flagship phone. It fe- packs a whole bunch of new things, but one thing you wanna know, uh, you're probably wondering around, what does the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro have? I've got, it's in two letters. AI, AI, AI. Uh, these phones are packed with a lot of artificial intelligence, a lot of AI features, and obviously AI has kind of been all the rage this past year with ChatGPT 4.0 blowing up, GPT-4, uh, the Llama models, Google's own Palm 2 model blowing up, and uh, it's kind of been the talk of town. Generally, large language model, generative AI has kind of been the talk of town, but also generally, these new pixels now pack more uh, AI models and algorithms and features that basically make the regular Android phone experience a touch bit better uh, in a way. So to start with, uh, these are phones made by Google. They have a lot of AI in them, uh, so much so that, for example, if you want to, there are lots of features. We're going to touch on them a little later. So, uh, but uh, the key sort of hardware and software features are not AI that definitely are worth uh, noting is that the Pixel 8 has a 6.2 inch actual display. So it's basically Google's term for like a very nice looking display with real world clarity. And it's apparently 42% brighter than the Pixel 7's display. The Pixel 8 Pro's a 6.7 inch super actual display is the brightest pixel display pretty much even in direct sunlight. And you get improved, you have bumped up cameras in a way. Tensor G3, now we knew a fair bit about these phones, there's been leaked quite a lot, but as I said, the AI features are really a, a showstopper in a way. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of cameras, uh, the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro both feature 50 megapixel cameras uh, with 21% more light sensitivity from the previous generation Pixel, giving you best in class low light photos and videos on a Pixel. Uh, the ultrawide on the Pixel 8 regular now has autofocus, which now lets you have access to macro focus as a feature that's now on the regular Pixel instead of the Pro. Uh, every single camera has been upgraded on the Pixel 8 Pro, uh, again, in a way. And that also means that now you have autofocus on the selfie cameras, so you will get some crystal clear shots on the front camera. Uh, the Pixel 8 uh, Pro also on top of the 50 megapixel regular now has a 48 megapixel ultra wide camera that ha- offers 105% more light, 30% uh, closer, uh, pretty much focus for improved macro focus shots. 
along with that you have 48 megapixel telephoto camera so you get some beefy sensors and with a whole lot of computational photography and ai this absolutely makes it probably one of the best sort of cameras you'll get on android phone uh, especially at around a thousand dollars msrp that's the uh, price for the pixel 8 pro um, now the pixel 8, 8 pro also come with dual exposure on both phones that's like on the main sensor which makes videos sharper and less grainy in scenes with the toughest lighting for example like a sunset backdrop and sort of uh, and um, again it takes basically it takes two images simultaneously one optimized for low light the other for high dynamic range and what you get is a natural looking video with vivid color and low noise so it's pretty uh, cool in a way and also mo uh, moving from sort of last year uh, the real tone feature is also uh, back with a bang and also now covers videos for the first time on long and photos and gives you realistic tones if you and it's great for people of color if you've ever knew if you've ever uh, if you were black or brown you will ever you will probably notice when you take photos the color chemistry is a bit poor compared to someone who has white skin tones because historically sp uh, smartphone cameras or the sensors on your smartphones have kind of been tuned for white skin tones now google's kind of using software and ai to fix that so that's pretty cool and it's great for people of color so no more racism in your selfies so that's pretty cool along with that uh, another feature that's uh, coming thanks to ai is video boost with night we're going to touch on this a little a bit further so uh, uh, let's just move on from here okay another uh, thing that you'll get on the cameras in the pixel 8 series the 8 Pro specifically is Pro Controls. Now, there's been Pro Mode on all Android uh, cameras, but now Pro Controls on the Pixel 8 Pro lets you ad literally adjust in real time, white balance, exposure, shadows, brightness, and much, much more. And also, uh, manually adjust focus, shutter speed, and ISO. And it's very simple, easy to use with a click of a button. And also, while using Pro Controls, Pixel's HDR Plus uh, mode is on, so it gives you computational photography and quite accurate uh, color so that's pretty cool in a way and guided frame lastly this is again kind of an accessibility feature and to help uh, people who are not regular folks um, guided fee uh, frame pretty much uses a combination of audio cues high contrast animations and haptic feedback to help people who are blind and low vision take photos people of determination so that's pretty cool with uh with the pixel sort of they're really taking into consideration all kinds of users so that's pretty cool in a way but if you think about really the pixel 8 and 8 pro now have 50 megapixel main sensors tons of ai features that again i'm going to touch upon in a fair bit uh but yeah as i said other things to, to mention the 8 pro on the other hand has the pro controls and the beefy sensors the 48 megapixel uh, sensors the additional uh, the triple sensors on the back so they're all high resolution and uh, also apparently has a temperature sensor on the back so you can uh, take a take a temperature reading straight away and also uh, Google is filing with the FDA to allow the thermometer app to take readings of your temperature and send it straight to Fitbit to get uh, a temperature and it should help with your uh, health in a way so that's pretty cool in a way but uh, and as I said again uh, the AI features are pretty great and some of the features that Pixel does add here is pretty useful in a way but yeah the Pixel 8 series generally comes with the Titan M2 security chip and the Tensor G3 chip and uh, what that sort of means is it's um, 
It's built to run AI like a champ and also run AI on board. No need to be going to the cloud to do a lot of algorithm uh, processing and tasks. The Gen Tensor G3 has a whole load, a boatload of uh, AI models on, on device. Apparently it runs twice as many ML models compared to the first Tensor chip on a Pixel 6. And again, it means computational photography is much better, a lot more functionality. And again, makes life a little easy when you use a pixel, makes taking photos easier, generating wallpapers, uh, you know, searching for things, running a Google Assistant on board almost, and giving you more natural responses and uh, more intuitive functionality. Uh, the onboard sort of generative AI models are very complex, apparently 150 times more complex than the most complex model on the Pixel 7 just a year ago. This is how fast the development pace has been with this technology. And again, uh, other than the AI functionality comes with upgraded GPU, new ISP, new imaging DSP, next generation tensor processing unit that is designed pretty much to run all that juicy AI that makes it probably one of the best phones in that regard, uh, almost neck and neck. You could say when you compare it to say the iPhone uh, 15 series, the iPhone 15 series probably can do fair few things and has fair few onboard algorithms like for image processing a little bit, not too much and not in all places compared to the Pixel. And also, for example, like you want to create your own voice if, you, if you're going to lose your voice and you're getting older. We've talked about it in a previous episode. There's like a, a, already it's now on iOS 17 where you can create essentially a model of your voice and give it a, and sort of train it and sort of you can, uh, you can uh, sort of make your own voice um, generate your own sort of voice and that can be used for calls and stuff so that's pretty cool but the pixel on the other hand is far ahead of the uh, game here in that it uh, helps every aspect from photography to user experience to google assistant to much much more so that's pretty impressive and as i've said already you can talk to google assistant more naturally and again it processes pauses ums ease ooze so that's pretty cool in a way and also uh, as i said uh, you can now read web pages quite aloud and translate them to another language naturally and it won't be funny and goofy and uses and won't be like using a server millions of miles away to do it in a way so as i said uh there's a lot of AI in here but as i said uh the pixel 8 series though google does claim that it's running a lot of the algorithms and features on device using the uh tensor chip and the onboard ai chips pretty much so that's pretty cool in a way and again that means they can bring updated functionality like magic eraser best take and audio magic eraser which we now move on to that is the juiciest part i believe of the pixel 8 series and why you'd want to get this phone if you want if you're just a casual user and you want a pretty good camera experience uh, so the pixel 8 as i've talked about has tons of ai and this is one of the unique features best take for example uh, means that you can still get the perfect shot that is so uh, if you've ever taken a photo and then you happen to blink or you are you your mouse is shut you can now uh, go back in time uh, you not really go back in time really but you can go into the photo and uh, as i said uh, pick the it recognizes the it recognizes the face of whoever is in the photo the person's face let's just say that that's a very casual description and then you can change the expression on their face uh, so, for example, if they blinked, if the person in question, if he or she blinked or they're not smiling or, ah, like, like you know, they have their wide mouth wide open, now you can switch it over to make them smile. So you can have their mouth smile, for example. It's very casual, but real-life example, IRL, when you take a selfie with somebody, um, like your best friend, 
and both of you are like sad and grinning. You're supposed to be smiling. Now you can go into the, and then you go into Google Photos, uh, and then what you do is you sort of, uh, and then again, um, you've sort of taken selfies before uh, of you and your best friend. So what you can do is you can click and sort of change the expression on you and your best friend's face. It's a very simplified uh, way to say it, but it's again, it's an example of Google's AI chops uh, and that being impressive. Another one, and this was announced at Google I.O., but now it's going to be on the Pixel 8 series generally, and that is Magic Editor. That's going to be on the Pixel 8 series when it drops in full. And that means, uh, and what it is really, in a nutshell is you can uh, change lots of details of your photos that you take. You can move objects around, you can change things in the background, you can remove stuff, and you can change the background and the and the sky. And for example, you can make the sky, if it's a cloudy day, you can make it sunny in the background. It uses cutting edge generative AI. And it's an experimental feature in early stage, but this should be coming in a pixel feature drop in the future and in the following year or so. So that's pretty impressive in a way. Another one on top of all is magic uh, audio magic eraser. Now this is pretty cool if you take videos with your pixel uh, generally. Now if you ever took in a video, if you ever record videos and you hear like uh, wind, like the wind noise or someone talking in the background or ow, 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 like, you know, that's my example of a white noise or a distracting noise. Or let's say you go into a store, you record yourself being, uh, you record yourself, you know, taking a video or yourself sort of walking around and then you hear music in the background. Audio Magic Razor uses AI, of course, to remove those distracting sounds. And again, it's been trained on advanced models of all kinds of, to, to separate background distracting noises from your actual no uh, voice and your voice sort of stays there and you can adjust your uh, the settings so you can take it out of your video and all you kind of get in the end is your voice pretty much so that's pretty cool in a way so that's pretty impressive in a way and um, again it's a pretty cool feature and i think a lot of people would find it handy in a way another one i don't want to touch upon also is zoom enhance now if you ever watch csi and all those like uh, true crime series you know how they say enhance Enhance the photo, enhance. If you watch CSI, you'll know that reference in a way. Uh, Google is now bringing a real life version of it. The Pixel 8 Pro will be coming with this, uh, will have this feature, Zoom Enhance. And what it does using generative AI, uh, Zoom Enhance intelligently fills in the gaps between pixels and predicts fine details, opening up more possibilities when it comes to framing of flexibility to focus on the most important part of your photo. That's Google's words, not mine. So that's pretty impressive as a feature, uh, more or less. So, I mean, this is a, uh, this would be, now these three that I've talked about already uh, will uh, be available on the Pixel 8 series when it launches on October 12th. So that's pretty impressive in a way. And another one that is, uh, that was, um, that was in this, uh, I wasn't mentioned here, but I'll touch upon here. Another AI feature is uh, something called Video Boost and sort of combines the Tensor G3 chip with Google's powerful cloud to uh, add a lot more processing to your videos. So you take like a quick little video in 4K with HDR plus on. And again, then it goes to Google Photos, it processes it and adds a lot more detail and vividness. And compared to the iPhone 50, they took side-by-side -side, uh, shots with the iPhone 15 Pro. And the result is uh, pay, uh, videos with a lot more uh, depth and cuts out noise. And you know, it, it brings the ob subjects with a lot more clarity and it's pretty cool and brings it true to life. 
and it's a pretty cool feature and if you are a content creator or record a lot of videos on your Pixel, this is something you might want to look forward to. You might want to get the Pixel 8 Pro for this exact reason. It might make video recording a lot better uh, generally. I mean the Pixel 8 Pro has best in class cameras to a degree but this feature will take it up a notch and again thanks to AI that is. So that's pretty cool uh, in a way. And yeah, as I said, on top, the 8 Pro, as I said, will have the beefier cameras, the temperature sensor, the, uh, again, like the regular 8, the G3 chip, and starts from 999, and the Pixel 8 starts from 699, and again, with stunning finishes. And we've talked already about the body finish, like, earlier, but as I said, these, this is one stunner of a phone. And again, using AI, uh, it goes a lot further compared to the competition uh, in a way. Another thing I want to finally add uh, on top of that, that other than it'll be launching October 12th, uh, that's obviously next week pretty much. Uh, the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro will have updates, uh, will have seven years of Android updates and seven years of hardware support and customer support pretty much. So uh, this phone will literally last a long time in a way. And that means that if you buy it today, uh, your Pixel 8 series phone will be supported all the way to 2030. No other brand in the segment offers that much support with hardware and software, so that's pretty impressive. So you're going to get seven Android updates after Android 14 launches. So you could say, if you do the if we look at it, that's basically goes all the way to Android 20 or 21. So uh, again, your phone will be supported all the way to that. So that's pretty impressive. And it comes back to the sustainability aspect of the Pixel, made 100% recycled aluminium, packaging is you know, not using plastic, and also the seven-year hardware and software support, which means that it's a pretty good purchase if you're environmentally conscious and you want to prevent e-waste. So pretty cool if you think about it. And again, they'll be coming with the latest version of Android, but again, we support it for a very long time and using a lot of recycled materials. So it's a pretty good choice in a way for uh, if you want a flagship phone, but as I said, you are conscious of the environment. Um, so again, uh, pretty cool flagship in a way. So um, again, if you if you really are in the market for a pure Android experience and you don't mind having uh, and you don't mind sacrificing performance and having raw horsepower, but you just want great functionality, more function over form, to say the least. The Pixel 8 and 8 Pro is probably a good choice, and pretty good choice for casual consumers because, um, as I said, you don't get all the raw horsepower uh, that Android has to offer, but you get a lot of. Uh, it's very, but it's very useful and practical for a lot of casual users. This is what it's designed for. Only problem though is they're not available outside. They're not available in certain territories. Like uh, I mean, I live in Bahrain, and Google doesn't sell their Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. They don't sell phones generally or any of the devices. So that's a bit of a deal breaker. And I think if the Pixel was sold in Bahrain or the Gulf or just generally in Asia, for example, more broadly beyond, let's just say, t Taiwan and India and Japan, outside of that only, uh, and let's say much more broadly in Eastern Europe, for example, or Africa or South America, these phones would sell like hotcakes, almost close to Apple. They could beat Samsung and um, Nokia comfortably in sales because uh, these phones are quite useful for a lot of casual smartphone users. And they definitely uh, find a lot of the features like the camera, the magic eraser and the AI, uh, the computational photography, very, very handy. So that's a bit of a deal breaker, but hopefully Google does expa uh, expand and uh, launch these phones in more markets. So it would definitely uh, come in handy.
Alright, we've already talked about the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. Let's move on to talk about other things that Google mentioned and talked about at their Pixel event uh, on Wednesday. Another one was uh, improved Pixel Buds Pro. Now, more or less, it's like a software upgrade uh, for the Pixel Buds Pro. Now you get, uh, using AI, now you get uh, Bluetooth Super Wideband support for the Pixel 8 series. You get uh, improved call clear calling. Um, Conversation detection, so when it detects you're starting to talk, it switches to transparency mode and cuts off ANC and much, much more. Reduce latency uh, for gaming if you're playing PUBG or Free Fire, this will definitely help. And if you have the Pixel 8 series phones, it'll work with that also uh, primarily. So that's pretty cool in a way. And also with AI, again, uh, adjusting, um, lowering the volume on your Pixel Buds Pro using AI to prevent hearing damage. So that's pretty cool. And again, uses AI to accurately look at your listening consumption and adjust accordingly. And also Chromebook support, so that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, it also comes in a new colorway, the blue uh, colorway. And it'll be available for $199 US, so that's pretty cool. And it's already shipping, so if you want to get a uh, new color Pixel Buds Pro, you can definitely do that. But new software features, if you already have the Pixel Buds Pro, you'll definitely find them useful and make them a lot more uh, useful of uh, wireless earbuds that that is another device we also talked about in depth also is the, is the pixel watch 2 now uh, this has gotten some a couple of new features uh, starting out it now has 100% recycled aluminium body uh, from start to finish it makes it 10% lighter than pixel watch so it's a lot more comfortable when sleeping uh, when you use it while sleeping um, a new quad-core CPU, and we don't know what it what the CPU is, but I'm probably guessing when it supports Wear OS, so probably a Qualcomm chip that is, uh, along with a low-power core processor, giving you 24 hours of battery life with the always-on display, and you know, have faster charging, more or less, so you get half of the Pixel Watch 2's charge in 30 minutes. So it's an improvement, more or less, over the Pixel Watch, the original one from last year. Along with that, you have three new sensors um, that give you better uh, heart rate uh, measure, uh, heart uh, then we'll better measure your heart rate uh, with the AI algorithm together. Uh, so you have numerous LEDs, and that means it's 40% more accurate for tasks like hit, training, spinning, and rowing. Um, and again, with Fitbit tracking integrated, more or less, you get, um, as I said, you get uh, pretty accurate results, hopefully. Along with that, uh, Fitbit's body response features come to the Pixel Watch 2. Uh, thanks to a continuous electrodermal activity sensor, which means it can detect and sense through using also with AI using a heart rate, heart rate variability, and skin temperature to detect your mood and your mental health. Sort of, so if you're feeling stressful, excited, anxious, depressed, or a bit like you're on the edge, it will detect and send a notification, and you can obviously take actions from there, like take a mindfulness session, breathing and sort of log your situation from there. So that's pretty cool and definitely will save a lot of lives indirectly. Although very few people are gonna buy the Pixel Watch 2, unfortunately, so a lot of people are definitely gonna miss out. But if you're gonna get the Pixel Watch 2, this might uh, help your mental health, more or less. So that's pretty cool. It ain't journaling, but it's better than that, more or less. So that's pretty cool in a way. You get improved Pix uh, Google Assistant support, so you can ask, uh, all kinds of health and fitness metrics. So for example, you can ask Google Assistant about your sleeping health and other health data and will give you information about that. And again, that's coming from the improved AI functionality from Assistant, more or less. You got new features, heart rate zone coaching, pace training, 
more or less, and also a lot of uh, and all the Fitbit functionality that's already from the first Pixel Watch will be available on the second one. So that's pretty cool. Along with that, you also have emergency SOS, fall detection, and also proactive safety features like medical ID, emergency sharing, and safety checks. So seriously comes in handy if you are in the middle of nowhere so you can uh, make sure that your loved ones uh, are aware that you are safe and sound. So that's pretty cool in a way. Um, if you have Fitbit Premium and a Pixel Watch 2 with cellular connectivity, you can also uh, use features of safety check and emergency location sharing. Even if you don't have access to a mobile network or you're not connected to your SIM, uh, to the mobile network on your SIM. So that's pretty cool in a way. And a Pixel Watch 2, as I said, comes with all the functionality of Watch OS 4 that with all the new updates, improved Google Assistant, the WhatsApp app available on this also. So that's pretty cool in a way. And again, also works with Fitbit. This is the best part about the Pixel Watch 2. And probably a good selling point is it comes with Fitbit functionality. So that's pretty impressive in a way. And all around, it's basically a, a, a decent improvement from the first Pixel Watch. And it will be available for $349 for the regular Wi-Fi version and $399 for the 4G version. It will be available the same time as the Pixel 8 series, October 12th. So that's pretty cool in a way. And then finally, on top of the, all the AI and stuff, Google also then showed off an improvement to Google Assistant. Now, if you've used Assistant, you know how kind of it's slow it is now compared to most chatbots, and it can't uh, have intuitive, you know, sort of like con natural conversations. Now they've uh, improved it. They're uh, bringing an update soon to Google Assistant, which will bring Bard along for the ride. Assistant with Bard is like this upgraded version of Assistant. It combines Bard's generative and reasonable reasoning capabilities with Assistant's personalized help and voice functionality, more or less. So if you think about it, it's basically Google Bard as a voice assistant now, so that's pretty cool. But now you get more context. You can now kind of naturally ask assistant for things. You can ask about what you received in your emails, uh, about updates or anything in your calendar or anything that, any, for example, uh, you know, you took a photo and what caption should you write for your puppy in the photo and it'll give it like a relevant response. It uses BART for that. And now it's available in beta testing and it will be available in the next few months. It'll be a pretty big update and it'll improve Google Assistant. I've used BART to a degree. I actually used it earlier today. I decided, fun fact, I thought, let's, let me just ask the BART, like, you know, what Porsche and Audi cars are similar to the Lamborghini yours? Because I thought, why not? ask an AI assistant for that because I can't be bothered off my ass to find it and Google it. So I asked Google Bard and it gave me some pretty good responses. It recommended me the Audi Q8 and yeah, it's pretty helpful. <laughs> I just asked it to find a car similar to a supercar SUV and it found it. So it's really helpful in that, finding things that uh, I wouldn't be bothered to research. So it does all that work for me. So that's pretty brilliant in a way. But combine it with the voice capability of Google Assistant and the sort of that experience, and it absolutely takes it up a notch. So that's pretty brilliant, and again, will make life a heck of a lot easier for our users. So that's pretty cool. In oh, I can't wait for Google Assistant with Bard. That's definitely going to be a pretty decent upgrade if you use Google Assistant from day to day. So that's pretty cool in a way. All right, uh, I would read. Really hope you don't mind any background noises, like the fan running in the background, because it's uh, it's 1 a.m. But we're still kind of awake trying to record this. Well, yeah, let's move on and talk about the Galaxy S23 FE, the Galaxy Buds FE, 
and the Galaxy Tab S9 FE uh, 3 Final Edition devices. Actually, actually, uh, Samsung doesn't want to call. Uh, doesn't want you to call it the Final Edition anymore. It's just FE as a name. FE is supposed to mean it's a more affordable, value-conscious version of Galaxy's flagship devices. But we've got three FE devices that Samsung has released, and again. Although they're not fan edition, these are slightly more affordable versions of Samsung's flagship earbuds, smartphone, and tablet. First up, uh, but really the key uh, updates really on all, all these devices really that you'd want to know in a way is the Galaxy S23 FE starting out. Instead of a chunky S23 all out with an aluminium frame glass back, finally, the S21 FE did not have that. It was all like plastic frame and back. Now it's glass and aluminium frame, so that's pretty cool in a way. IP68 water and dust resistance, recycled materials like recycled frame and stuff, uh, a whole bunch of vibrant colors because obviously targets younger consumers, so it's got this uh, lilac color and, and, and just plain old white and black, so that's pretty cool in a way. Pro-grade cameras, so that's actually a pretty uh, decent upgrade from the S21 FE, including 50 megapixel main sensor, 3x optical zoom and much, much more. You get night mode uh, for clear selfies and portraits in lifelike colors, advanced digital image stabilization, optical image stabilization on the rear camera. I'm probably suspecting the main sensor generally and probably the others to a degree more or less. You also get all the sort of like usual camera modes uh, except for like the pro level ones that are like on only for the S23 Ultra but you get like the regular uh, photo modes for the uh, that you get from the S23 so that's great to know. Uh, that's great to be in the know. You have pro mode, as so you can take manual adjustments to your photos with shutter speed, aperture, ISO, and much, much more. And some AI-powered tools, too, in the camera. Again, just like the regular S23 series, you have that on the FE, too. So that's pretty cool in a way. And while we're at it, let's just touch upon specs. For the S23 FE, uh, it comes with a 6.4-inch FHD Plus Dynamic AMOLED 2X display. Uh, and it's apparently adaptive. So this is a big update from the S21 FE, you, uh, which used to be just a... 120 hertz flat display so it's just stuck at 120 or you have to switch it back down to 60 in the settings but here now it's adaptive so in some cases like you're playing games normally at 60 frames a second and then for uh, browsing and navigation goes up to 120 hertz so it definitely will help with battery life that is it weighs 209 grams and as i said as i've touched upon it has a 12 megapixel ultra wide angle camera 50 megapixel wide regular and 8 megapixel telephoto with 3x optical zoom and a 10 megapixel selfie camera on the front which is kind of okay apparently based on reviews I've watched online uh, a choice of either Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 in the US or the Exynos 2200 uh, in different markets around the world the, the global variant generally outside of the US and South Korea potentially is the Exynos 2200 which is kind of a deal breaker if you think about it and you get 8GB of RAM only, 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage, 4500 mAh battery, 25W uh, fast charging, so you can uh, get uh, full charge in one hour uh, using uh, Samsung's appropriate uh, charger and charging cable in the box. That is, charging cable comes in the box though. Android 13 will be available here, so I think that means you yeah, get One OS 5, uh, One UI 5, mind you. Uh, 5G support is there, but it's going to be mid-band straight off the bat. Full LTE support, Wi-Fi 6C, Bluetooth 5.3, IP68 water and dust resistance. Now, you're probably wondering about the price. The S23 FE will start at $599, um, and it's going to be available by the end of this, uh, by the end of October in some markets. 
Samsung's press release weirdly mentions that it's available from October 5th, but it'll be available by the end of this month. And it's quite clear because I actually went to Samsung's website, the one for Bahrain and also the UAE for reference, and there was absolutely no mention of the S23 FE or the Tab S9 FE and FE Plus. Uh, and the Galaxy Buds FE, which means Samsung will sort of slowly, slowly sort of drip feed and launch the FE line of products in many, many markets around the world and sort of looking to sort of do it towards the end of the year. So uh, watch this space. Samsung will be releasing the S23 FE probably till the end of October um, in a way. But it's uh, it's a pretty good mid premium mid-range phone in a way. Um, as I said, you're probably wondering about the differences, which is because that's what you all are here for, in a way, um, other than that this is a slightly cheaper S23 uh, at uh, standard at MSRP, uh, cheaper than S23 by by like $100, $200 more or less. Uh, compared to the S21 FE, the S23 FE is a bit heavier, it's a bit of a chunky boy at 209 grams, so we've kind of touched upon it earlier. The S23 FE will come with the Gen 1 or the Exynos 2200, depending on what part of the world you're in. Whereas the S21 FE 5G, as I remember, com came with the Snapdragon 888 processor. It was a tad bit expensive and inconsequ inconsequentially, but as I said, you had that option of a Snapdragon and Exynos chip. It's been there for a long, long time. The S23 FE comes with a much better set of cameras, as I've touched upon a little earlier. 50 megapixel main sensor, 3x opticals in one of the telephoto, so that's definitely an upgrade from the S21 FE, which had a 12 megapixel main camera. S23 FE also has a larger battery at 4,500 million uh, hours, million powers, and 25 watt fast charging. Also, to be fair, the S21 FE also kind of came with fast charging too, too, more or less, but it ain't 25 watts, but it did come with fast charging, as if I remembered very well, um, that is. The S23 FE uh, will get uh, software, will get the latest version of Android, as I've said or touched upon already. It'll get Android 14, whereas the S21 FE will sort of get it a little later on. So that's something to uh, set something noteworthy in a way. So, yeah, if you think about it, it's a cheaper S23. You get beefy cameras, you sort of get a good display, it goes up to 120 hertz. Um, you have a big, pretty big battery. If you compare it to the A54 5G, which is what you'll probably be looking against, it's it's a fair deal. You get an S23 on a budget, and it's more affordable at MSRP. But when you compare it to the S23 at the at the mar going market price, it's a, probably a bad deal. The S23 FE, it's a horrible deal compared to the S23 regular. You can get the S23 regular. For I think $50 extra if you uh, wait for the Black Friday sales, Prime Day, for those sales later on uh, next month until December, you can get it for around the same price as the S23 FE MSRP. 600 bucks, you can get the S23 standard spec of Amazon of different retailers. So if you, if you are looking uh, to get good value for money, I'd suggest you get the S23 FE regular spec, you get the faster processor, better cameras, and pretty much better support compared to the FE, whereas the S23 FE, well, if the S23 doesn't get a huge discount, then it's probably worth purchasing. If you're in the US, it's a pretty fine deal with the uh, with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 being included, but the rest of the world, again, horrible deal because the Exynos chip will be 
on the global variant for the rest of the world for folks in Europe, Asia, and Australasia. You'll get the Exynos 2200. Don't get me wrong, it's not a bad display, but it. I would say that the Exynos 2200 for its capability, people have said that it overheats and is not as reliable as the Snapdragon. And so it probably sits well on a potential Galaxy A54 or an M72 or M97 if Samsung released an M93. 5G plus plus plus. If they released a high-end M series phone or A series phone, the Exynos 2200 would be an excellent choice, but not for the FE, mind you. I think Samsung made a probably a novel mistake. They should have gone with the Gen 1 for all variants globally, like they do with the S23 series globally. But uh, hey, uh, they probably had excess stock of the Exynos 2200, and they, they need to declare that out. So they probably picked the Exynos for the global variant. So that's probably a conscious decision that Samsung took. But again, if you get it, if you, if this goes on sale by the middle of next year, it's probably a bargain potentially, at around like at below six hundred dollars. But it'll go for a lot more in different markets, including Bahrain. So if you live, if you live outside of the U.S. generally, and the S23 is on sale and S23 Plus is on sale, I'd say coop save up the extra cash, two hundred dollars extra probably and get the S23 or S23 Plus on a discount, on a sale. It will be a much better bargain than the FE. And that's my take, really, in a way. So uh, the FE is good. Don't get me wrong, the S23 FE is good for what it is, but as I said, $600, it's a bit of a too high of an asking price. In the US, though, it's a little bit of a better, it fares better, because if you get it on contract, you'll get a better price. And again, the Snapdragon support and chip will be incredible. So uh, that's something to look forward to, that is. But it's a pretty good phone. A pretty good premium mid-range phone if you want to go well past the A-series, that is. So we kind of talked about the S23 FE. Let's talk about the Galaxy Tab S9 FE and S9 FE Plus. These are two like unique tablets. They're based off the actual Galaxy Tab S9. Now, these this is basically the more affordable version of the Galaxy Tab S9. So expect a lower power chip, sort of well below the Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 for Galaxy for the uh, uh, Tab S9 FE and FE Plus. Uh, kind of different screen size. So the SC9 FE, you get a 10.9 inch display uh, up to 90 hertz and S9 FE Plus has a larger 12.4 inch display. Uh, both come with an S Pen, which is a brick bonus compared to a similar price product um <laughs> i mean the ipad air uh or the 349 dollar ipad more or less you get a stylus in the box so that's pretty cool uh, you get access to apps like luma fusion for example which will probably come in handy also you have access to samsung notes so you can uh, take scribbles and write notes like a pro ip68 water and dust resistance 20 hours of video playback on a single charge with a large battery on the s9 and s9 fe plus the FE and FE Plus. Um, you have double storage, apparently. Uh, so I bet you can put in one up to one terabyte micro SD card. So that's probably a pretty good bonus, more or less. And as I said, the 90 hertz adaptive um, display also comes with vision booster. So again, enhances visibility if you're outside using a tablet. So that's pretty cool in a way. And as I said the S9 FE series and the uh, S9 FE Plus will start from 449 and again come with four equally stylish colors like the S23 FE so that's pretty cool in a way and if you're in the market for a cheap Android tablet uh, under $500 you might want to look at this uh, generally so 
uh, that's pretty cool in a way oh in terms of storage you get 128 or 256 gigabytes of storage it's actually fairly low for an Android tablet because you might be using you might want to download lots of apps and uh, put on lots of files on it so it's not really necessarily the tablet for you with that but again but then again you can put a micro SD card slot you can put a micro SD card into the Tab S9 FE and FE Plus and get more storage out of your, your tab and you can move files around which is the best part about Android tablets that I forgot to mention really is you can again uh, put in uh, you can move around files easily and use decks and stuff like that which you can't do on other tablets that is uh, and lastly beyond all uh, we've got the Galaxy Buds FE which pretty much has active noise cancellation which is an affordable version of the Galaxy Buds series just generally and is the most affordable Galaxy Buds that you'll find at MSRP at $99 and it kind of comes in two standard colors a, a black and a blue finish the black one's called graphite pretty much um, uh, but as I said it also comes in uh, trying to find the color here also, it's like it has a white finish too, equally. I've said blue, but it's also in white, generally. Um, it has the longest battery life of any Galaxy Buds at 30 hours total with the charging case combined. So you can go up to 30 hours maximum, uh, but generally 8.5 hours individually with ANC off. If you have an active noise cancelling with a charging case, you get up to 21 hours, 6 hours of playtime on the earbuds just generally. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Again, 8.5 hours of playback without the active noise cancelling so that's pretty cool in a way you have ambient sound pretty much so it's a single firing speaker but apparently it's pretty good quality and sufficiently good uh, for the money and again with that ba battery with that usage time you have a 60 milliamp hour battery on either earbuds and 439 milliamp battery on a charging case generally Bluetooth 5.2 support and support for Samsung's own scalable audio codec and AAC support, which is pretty cool. But fairly the best part about the Galaxy Buds FE, other than the long battery life, uh, with or without noise cancelling, is really the design. It has wingtips sort of towards the top. Uh, it has support for wingtips, so it's quite uh, comfortable, and you can uh, and you can wear it for very long periods of time without experiencing any pain or difficulties. So that would make it unique from say any other Galaxy Buds and won't fall off your ears pretty much so that's uh, pretty cool in a way and as I've said already it costs $99 so it's pretty good at MSRP uh, but as I said if you I mean you can get Galaxy Buds at a discount reasonably uh, the much older models the Galaxy Buds 2 the plus you can get them at a good discount fairly so if you want to get that also that's also available but the FE it's probably the cheapest new earbuds you can get from Samsung that will probably work for a very long time so it's probably a good uh, option in that sense so Sam this is everything that Samsung sort of announced in terms of um, uh, new devices kind of more or less um, but also another thing that Samsung also has revealed but they didn't obviously announce it uh, but they announced it yesterday pretty much and that was the Galaxy Smart Tag 2 another product from Samsung it's their second generation of their smart tracker and it's got uh, improved uh, functionality compared to the first generation smart tag uh, you got lost mode so you can put contact information via message and whoever discovers the smart tag can obviously see that information and contacting you know try to sort of send back uh, the lost item um, and should and apparently comes a compass view would work on any ultra wideband support device including the S23 Ultra and the S22 Ultra potentially so that's pretty good 
in a way it's got a longer battery life so it'll last over 700 days up to 700 days so that's twice as long compared to the previous generation and in normal mode and that's in power saving mode mind you and just regular mode out of the box you get 500 days of battery life so over a year you can use it for over a year without changing the battery so that's pretty good ip67 water and dust resistance with a little uh with a little hole uh, ring shape so you can clip it to lots of things and you won't need an adapter so that's pretty cool compared to the <laughs> air tags which um again have a thing of needing a case so you can attach it to things so that's pretty interesting the smart tag 2 again being an upgrade comes with ultra wideband and bluetooth low energy out of the gate so that's pretty cool in a way and there's no information about availability or pricing but it will be available on october 11th and uh, it'll be reasonably priced probably over 50 dollars between 50 to 100 dollars for the smart tag to 50 minimum more or less so it's a pretty good buy in a way if you have a samsung device that is now moving on from all new devices to things that are also kind of happening in the world of gadgets first is sort of related to social media the wall street journal exclusively reported earlier this week that meta the parent company of Facebook and Instagram has proposed to EU regulators uh, a subscription model or subscription service for users of Facebook and Instagram. So the story kind of goes that Europe has very strict laws about data privacy and data consumption and tracking for ads and stuff like that. And so Meta is kind of, and obviously you have to declare that you are tracking and, and use, utilizing user data to serve ads. And so uh, Meta sort of proposed to the regulators that, hey, uh, we will we are going to offer an option for those who don't want to be tracked or share it or the, the users don't want to share the data or be tracked. And we're going to offer them a subscription option. So according to Meta or according to Wall Street Journal and their sources, Meta is proposing to charge 10 euros a month or 10.5 dollars a month uh, s uh, for users who want to sort of access Facebook and Instagram without any ads or tracking per se and no sort of data sharing with it. But if you want to use it for free, you have to agree to data sharing and tracking and then you get the ads also while you're at it. But if you don't want any of that, you would pay, be ready to pay 10 euros if you live in Europe to access without any tracking or anything. And apparently it is labeled subscription. Uh, this plans are sort of known as subscription, no ads. And again, Meta has uh, talked to regulators in Europe about offering this and so have shared their plans and again and they're wa awaiting feedback so if they get the green light and the blessing of the eu authorities they will launch this offering in the future down the road in the future um and in case you're wanting a pricing apparently this is proposed 10 euros a month if you have facebook or instagram on desktop and if you have mo if you're on your mobile phone it'll go all the way up to 13 euros a month uh to accommodate apple and google plays as commissions and six euros extra for additional linked accounts uh now it's quite interesting that meta is actually exploring such a a product or a model where they could offer a free version but you'll have to agree to data sharing and ads and stuff like that and an ad free version subscriptional but you get none of that action and you just get your home feed and stuff so it's pretty fascinating development and uh, it may or may not pan out so this is something to watch the space for maybe they could offer it down the road and they're probably planning it apparently to only offer it for users in europe so it make the deal a little sweeter if they don't want to agree they don't want to be tracked or they don't want to agree to any data sharing so that's pretty 
interesting more or less and while we're already talking about uh, social media apps and their obsession with offering subscription plans so you can skip ads and data sharing TikTok apparently uh, according to Android Authority who've kind of sourced who kind of uh, looked through the latest version of the TikTok app on mobile and they sort of, it sort of revealed and they found out that uh, TikTok's looking to offer an ad-free subscription so you can watch TikTok completely without any ads it's similar to X Premium, YouTube Premium, and Snapchat Plus, where you can completely take out the ads and consume your content without any of that. And also, um, and apparently also, um, and again, you won't even have to share any data or enable tracking. So that's pretty interesting. And that the fact that a lot of social media companies are actually experimenting with such a with such a product, as I've said earlier, like Meta now and ByteDance, it's very interesting. I'd love to know: Would you pay? Uh, if you use a particular social media app every single day of your life, like you use it every day, like it takes up six hours of your screen time, would you pay a subscription to be able to access it without any ads or tracking or anything like that? I'd love to know. You can leave your thoughts below if you're on Spotify or don't forget to contact. It's all in the show notes. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, from you. I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's talk about Vivo and their flagship phone. The X100 Pro is going to be coming out soon. And I have more details about it, and it's also going to be coming with a feature that is probably uh, hardly anticipated. And a lot of phones are already getting the new iPhones have it. The I think some Motorola flagships have it. Uh, plenty of phones have it. The Huawei Mate 60 Pro, which has kind of been a surprise, a shocker. Let's just say that that's also uh, that also has this functionality. And I'm talking about the Vivo X uh, 100 Pro, generally. And according to uh, Again, according to reports from Leakster, YLab, and again, uh, based off uh, certification documents from China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, and this is according to GSM Arena, the X100 has been certified already uh, by this relevant body, and uh, apparently be coming with the Dimensity 9300 chip from MediaTek, and a separate processor, the Unisoc V8821. It's apparently is capable of satellite communications, of of NTN to NTN uh, satellite communication, which basically means non-terrestrial network to non-terrestrial network communications, which means you can transmit by any Wi-Fi or cellular connectivity off the bat. And this means that based on uh, the, this new chip is obviously capable of transferring a lot more data and connecting to essentially S-band satellites and L-band satellites, based on what I read online and this means you can receive apparently you could apparently you could transmit and receive text pictures voice recordings and even videos uh, which would be handy in, in emergency situations and in in moments of disaster where you have to send information uh, from middle of nowhere to somewhere reputable or to rescue services so this may come in handy but it's quite surprising we've kind of literally gone from very short text messages to texts audio calls voice recordings, pictures, and even videos. I think it's mainly to do full SMS capability, more or less. Huawei's uh, flagship, the Mate, uh, now I forgot the name of the flagship, but their flagship uh, phone, the Mate something, I think the 90, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, the, the new Huawei Mate that's come out, that's capable of doing satellite calls over satellite, uh, that's capable of doing satellite calling. And it costs a fair bit. It's useful in emergency situations or if you're in remote areas. But it's a pretty interesting feature and the fact that uh, more and more manufacturers are coming out with these kind of features where you can connect to the 
to over to a satellite and you can uh, communicate it's pretty cool and it's probably a bonus feature uh, for the X100 Pro when it comes out it'll be coming out next month so I can't wait for the X100 generally it is Oppo's flagship series and it's the very best of what Oppo ha uh, of what Vivo has to offer generally so can't wait for the Vivo X100 uh, nonetheless sort of so that's uh, again looking forward the X100 more or less all right uh, finally the OnePlus open now we've kind of been hearing back and forth about the OnePlus open and that it's gonna come out then we heard that it got delayed and now it's finally coming out soon and uh, this was a video by unbox therapy it so showed off the OnePlus open I didn't watch the video but he showed off the phone and the camera was covered and it was like a first look on the foldable and apparently it's kind of leaked in so many ways um, a famous Bollywood star was was pictured having the OnePlus Open. I think it was Anushka Sharma. I mean, she was seen with the OnePlus Open. There was like a leaked photo that made the rounds on the internet. So that's pretty interesting. Anyway, but we got more details about the OnePlus Open. Firstly, according to Pete Lau, OnePlus's founder, the OnePlus Open and the Oppo Find N3 have a lot more in common. They're basically similar. They're the same phone, which is surprising. Uh, surprising but not surprising at the same time uh, what does that mean uh, both are basically the same phone and they all have similar specs same hinge same display same processes more or less but it's a different name uh, the OnePlus Open would apparently be the global variant of uh, will be the global variant of the Oppo whereas uh, the Fine N3 will only be available in China that's according to digital chat station in a way and um, again, um, you we'll have a USB-C port more or less. But yeah, the uh, but moving on. Uh, apparently, the inner display will be 7.82 inches on the inside with a resolution of 2200 by 68, uh, 2268 by 20, uh, 2440 or 20 uh, 2440. Whereas the outer display will be 6.31 inches according to leaks uh, with resolution 2480 uh, 2484 by 1116 so that's pretty interesting as it's like shaped like a regular phone like a regular flagship like the honors of the world uh, also apparently according to Pete Lau the hinge will apparently be 37% smaller than the one found in the fine N2 and I ha apparently have 31 fewer components making it lighter and more durable and um, as I said OnePlus and Oppo have a thing of making uh, of sharing components and software and they're sort of more or less like the same they make the same phones so it's not surprising that we uh, that we are hearing that the fine n3 from Oppo will be, apparently be the the global variant will be the OnePlus open so that's pretty interesting the OnePlus open will be sort of revealed on October 19th more or less and it will cost over a thousand dollars according to the leaks here but as I said, digital chat station obviously adds on more details other than the inner and outer display. I expect to see a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 with 16GB of RAM. Uh, the finance, that's on the Fine N3, so expect that to be the case on one, the OnePlus Open. 1TB uh, stored, 16GB of RAM, 32MP uh, and 20MP uh, selfie cameras on both the inner and outer display potentially. 48MP uh, wide and ultra wide cameras. And 64 megapixel 3x telephoto and a 4085 million power battery 100 watt fast charging and apparently the rumors have it that you'll have wireless charging I mean you what are you gonna do with wireless charging I don't know but it'll probably come in handy but yeah 
uh, this is looking this is shaping up to be a very very promising uh, foldable a full-blown foldable and probably finally an answer to Samsung's domination like the honor magic v2 also so yeah it's probably a solid alternative if it hopefully comes out this month hopefully they do reveal it later this month and again I uh, can't wait for the OnePlus Open. The Finance 3, I think, will be China only, as I've said earlier. So, again, can't wait for the OnePlus Open, in a way. Hopefully, they don't settle for very mid-specs, that is. Alrighty, uh, this brings us to the end of this week's episode. What do you think of everything you've heard so far? Let me know. I'm on X, Instagram, and TikTok at SayItUnderscoreMount99. Follow me there, if you can, for more hot takes and other bits that I do share from time to time. Subscribe if you're listening right now. Leave a review on Apple or Spotify. Share this uh, podcast with your friends and family. It definitely helps and bumps the show up in the charts. And yeah, till next week, this is your boy Ramon signing out. Wherever you are, what are you up to? Have a wonderful weekend. And again, thank you very much for listening. Ciao.